This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 530 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Equestrian Collections. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Scott Trees. Scott is known worldwide for his images of the horse. He has been practicing his craft for over 36 years and has more frequent flyer miles than anyone I know. In addition to his striking equine work, Scott also does a variety of commercial shooting. Architecture, fashion, and photojournalism are services that he has provided to his clients all over the world. His dramatic use of light, strong compositional eye, and emotional portrayal have been hallmarks of his style. Today's tip is about the art and honesty of retouching photographs. But first, a word from today's sponsor, EquestrianCollections.com. Autumn is here. Time to cash in on Mother Nature's horse-friendly weather and take to the saddle with renewed enthusiasm. In so doing, you'll likely notice a few gaps in you and your horse's fall wardrobes. That turnout sheet that's seen its last roll in the pasture? The fleece vest that is well past vintage and moving swiftly towards ratty? EquestrianCollections.com has what you and your horse need, plus the latest just-can't-live-without fashions for fall. Visit EquestrianCollections.com today for fresh, fashionable, and functional items for your horse. Now, enjoy today's tip. Welcome back, Scott Trees, with another great tip. How are you today? I am doing just wonderfully. Um, Enjoying the tail end of summer up here in Lexington, Kentucky. Well, that's pretty country up there, that's for sure. I've been hiding from the heat here in Texas, but it's also given me an opportunity to work on a couple things. I've got a seminar I'm going to have here in Texas in uh, uh, November. Oh, really? Some of my on- uh, yeah, I'm going to have a three-day seminar that's being sponsored by the Equine Photographers Network, and there's information about it on my website and also my Facebook page. But uh, it'll be a three-day seminar that's going to be packed full of information of classroom and live sessions and we're going to finish it up on Saturday night with a night shoot with uh, fog machines and models. And Are you going to have horses? High... Oh, yeah, with horses, absolutely. Oh, cool. And, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a horse-oriented seminar. And then uh, my online seminars, of course, I'm, I'm still doing those. So this gives me a chance to kind of, when it's hot like this, to sit down and work on all that stuff. So, um, you know, keep busy. You're, you're a well-rounded photographer, Scott. Trying, trying to be. You're so much more than a pretty picture. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and speaking of pretty pictures, uh, it looks right. looks right. like we've got retouching confirmation on the yes. docket today. Hmm. Yes, we do. We do. We do. Tell me about that. This is a bit of a button with me. Um, I again, we've talked in your other segments about takers versus creators, and one of the things again that I had to learn, and I think it's very important to learn, is how to get the shot right the first time, and one of the drawbacks to digital is that everybody and their uncle is a photographer, number one. And so they they think that they don't take the time to really learn how to use their tools or to learn the proper angles or the proper lighting to make a horse look good. And one of the things that I hate hearing is, well, I'll fix it in Photoshop. And the unfortunate <laughs> part that's happened with fix it in Photoshop is that we can fix a lot. 
and I will fix a, uh, I'll darken in an eye that's the white of an eye that's rolled back, or I can flop an ear if it's if it's gone back. But I absolutely refuse to retouch confirmation, and unfortunately, it's rampant in our industry now, and in all the breeds, not just in the air breed, in all the breeds, and. I'm concerned about this because I know it goes on in the fashion world. I mean, it's obvious they, you know, they they've had uh, commercials on YouTube that show how a, a model walking into the into the studio from you know she looks kind of average from putting her makeup on to the shoot to the retouch to you know lengthening her legs, long flattening her stomach, fixing mm-hmm. her complexion, making her eyes bigger, you know, lengthening her neck, all these things that they do for an ad, and. I'm sort of against that anyway because I think we create a very difficult standard for 13-year-old girls to live up to. But in the horse world, we're doing essentially what I believe is false advertising. And as an example, if I am a breeder uh, and I have a broodmare that I want to breed to a stallion and I need a stallion that, that's known for putting a, a thin neck on that I think is going to put a thinner neck on and I'm looking through the magazines and I see this horse that has a beautifully you know a beautifully shaped neck when in fact he doesn't it's been retouched or a larger eye or a flatter croup uh, or a leg that's been raised higher for motion I mean it, anything can be done uh, to make a horse look better and Part of the challenge to me as a photographer has always been to get that shot right to begin with. And part of my job I've always looked at when I'm photographing a horse is not to necessarily accentuate the good but hide the bad. Mm -hmm. Because by hiding the bad, the good seems to come out better anyway. Mm -hmm. And But I'm seeing a lot. I'm seeing more and more and more and more of it. And I'm concerned about it. I think that it's... um, I think it's denigrated the quality of our photography in the industry. I think there's a lot of average photography going on right now. Uh, I think that we are creating a false sense of what these animals look like, and I encourage especially new people that are getting involved in buying horses, I tell them don't buy a photograph based on, um, I mean, sorry, don't buy a horse based on the photograph. Oh, absolutely. You know, get a, get a video. Make sure, sure. Take, get an eye-to-eye to that horse because it's, right. And, and I guess we, it used to be in the saddlebred days, and, and I remember my mother had saddlebred show horses, and you used to get, uh, Jamie Donaldson was a big name photographer, and Sargent was a huge name, and you'd see this photograph, uh, they would say unretouched, because it was so well known in the saddlebred world for so many years that they did tremendous airbrushing. They raised the legs, and they, you know, removed the backgrounds, made all this stuff, and it was obvious that it had been done. But then they kind of started coming along and saying, "Okay, we're we're this this horse really does move this way," and so they came to the point that they would put an unretouched next to their signature. Well, that that says a lot, though, doesn't it? It does, and I think I think that we're going to have to maybe get back to that venue. Of course, then you know define unretouched. I mean, if I if I you know, take a, a shot where the sky, which uh, I'll have to do sometimes in the Middle East or in some parts of the country where the the sky is a little gray. And I and I make the sky bluer. Essentially, I've retouched the photograph. Right. But I think I, I'm I'm trying to kind of in my mind, and maybe your your listeners will have some thoughts about coming up with some sort of indication on a photograph that the confirmation has not been retouched. And you do right. see some people that actually put in their ad confirmation unretouched. Huh. And now, I'm, I'm just good. Do you think that part of this? 
has grown from a lot of people taking pictures at a professional or semi-professional level who are not especially skilled artists. In other words, they can take a picture of a horse, but the artistic components, the composition that makes it special, there's some lacking there. And people, they, they retouch their photograph using electronic means in order to amp up the composition. And it's just a small little step from going from, okay, I'm going to make the sky blue, or, oh, heck, well, why don't I just flatten out that that knobby knee while I'm here. Right, or make the eye bigger. I, I Yes, I would certainly say that, that that's a part of it. It's kind of because it's there because I can. Yeah. And, you know, I've always, a matter of fact, I had this discussion with a, um editor of a large magazine the other day that I've always felt that an emotionally powerful photograph will always draw in the audience quicker than a confirmationally correct one. I and agree with you there. Absolutely. That's, that's been kind of the hallmark of my style is that I think if a lot of people, if you sum up, use one word to, to define my work, it's very emotional. It has a lot of power. And I've found that sometimes I've overlooked that confirmational flaw because I want that first, oh, wow, moment. That, and, and it doesn't mean that they're not maybe going to see that that neck might be a little thick or that I might be a little smaller. But if I can get that, oh, wow, response out of my audience first in that, less than a tenth of a second I have to get their attention when they're looking through a magazine, then I've done my job, and, and it's that first impact that matters. But I think be, I think it's because it's become so easy to do. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's very difficult to do well. And, I, and in part, I know what to look for, and so I can see when things have been changed or when adjusted. And, and you know, it's a little maybe a little easier for me to see it than some people. But so, that doesn't necessarily make it right. Yeah. If you were Suzette, the semi-professional photographer, and you're struggling your way along, trying to eke out a part-time living, taking um, confirmational or set-up shots versus taking pictures of a horse jumping jumps at a horse show, and you have a client who approaches you about doing these sorts of things, do you have any pointers on how Suzette, the semi-professional eking out a part-time living photographer, could deal with that? Here, here, herein lies the problem, and, and it's a very, very good point you bring up. Um, because a lot of the trainers and a lot of the owners are saying, "I don't care. I want you to do it." And I don't have any real good answers for that. I mean, it, it, because in, especially in today's economic times, that that you can take a, land, a stand and say, "I don't do that. I'm sorry," and know that they probably will hire another photographer that will. Yeah. And I guess I'm at a point in my career where I can say that, um, not necessarily that it, that it wouldn't hurt my business as much as it would anybody else's, but just because I've, I'm at a point in my career where, you know, I've been doing this 41 years. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be honest, I'm not at the beginning of my career. Anymore. You've got some pretty well-established clientele by now. And have some established clientele. Yeah. And even those clientele, have, you know, will say, well, you know, I want this done, and I'll say I won't do it. And mm-hmm. And, I've, and truthfully, I've lost some clients because of that. And I, and I also know some photographers that have lost clients because they do it too much. Um, and there's a fine line. I mean, I think the challenge to me, what I would tell Suzette, is to ask her client to give her a shot, a chance to do the shot the way that she shoots and see the pictures first before they start asking to see if they're going to be retouched. I was just going to say that is 
Suzette, the budding photographer, it behooves her to listen to tips from Scott, go to seminars, really right. learn the mechanics of taking a picture of a horse so that it is least likely to become an issue. Because if you know how to shoot well, right. there are certain conformational flaws that will be overlooked simply because you know how to shoot it well. Exactly. Like as I said earlier, there's a lot of my job is to not bring out the good but hide the bad. Yeah. And and that I do with lighting and angle and, you know, uh, a lot of different components that come into the decisions I make when I look at a horse. And I look at a horse very closely and figure out what do I think is conformationally strong, conformationally weak. Does this horse have a lot of charisma? If so, what can I do to bring that out? What kind of setting? I mean, there's a lot of factors that all go into play, but I I definitely... My approach to using Photoshop is to use it as an enhancing tool, not as a fixing tool. So, mm-hmm. and because again, I and I started shooting at a time when we shot transparencies, and you had to have the correct exposure. If you didn't, you couldn't fix it in Photoshop. No, you there was know, no you, fixing. <laughs> you, there was no fixing. Um, and so, as a result, you learned the importance of getting exposure correctly, which is something we'll talk about down the road. And so, you know, to me, it's like, okay, let's get that, that exposure. I, I, I think the digital is, is deceptively simple and incredibly technically difficult. Mm-hmm. And you, it's still you, photography. It's still photography. Still digital or not. Get, and I, what I share with my students is you want to get that exposure as close to being perfect as you possibly can. Because then when it comes into Photoshop, like I say, you might want to blow up the sky. You might want to... Um, uh, you know, make the grass a little greener or something like that, or you, you first do your cropping or whatever you might have to do. But at least you've got you can, you can erase the Katie with. did that landed on its croup when you took the picture. Exactly, or you can remove a light pole. That, you know, I mean that's probably right. where I use Photoshop a lot. Is in, inevitably there's a pole or something in a horse that's moving somewhere, doing something, and you're going, oh god, I I didn't see that pole. You know, and mm-hmm. boom, there it is. Well, you know, the pole is gone. I mean that that kind of stuff. That's what Photoshop is for. I mean and and uh, from a breeding point confirmation, now let's let's flip the the point on the other hand. There was a, whor- a shot done. If you're doing it for the digi- the sake of digital art, if you want to, they did a shot. The only one I've ever seen that I thought was really incredibly well done was done many 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 years ago of an Arabian stallion named Eternity, and they did a shot of him underwater, and it was like he was moving underwater. He was underwater, or the camera yeah, well, was underwater? No, or? It, the, it was actually an incredibly well-done Photoshop overlay art thing, but it was really well done. I thought, wow, this what a great concept. Kind of like some of the fashion that, as you see, you know, where they have the person underwater. Well, you know okay. they were underwater, but gotcha. it was that kind of an effect. I mean, there's, there's a lot of digital stuff that goes on. If you want to play with the artistic realm of things, and, you know, so I've they, seen So they weren't trying to sell you on the fact that their horse could swim underwater. No, they were that wasn't a sales it was, point. It was kind okay. of like a, it was kind of like the, the concept of a perfume, you know, eternity, you know, boom. I mean, it was it was it was a statement of in this cool. It was kind of more of a statement shot. Well, that's that. There's a lot of things that can be done digitally and artistically with layering and all these things that that I personally am not into doing, and and I appreciate the artistic talent it takes some of these digital artists to create this stuff. But you're still Let's define that as opposed to taking a shot of a breeding animal that we're changing the conformation on to try and make him look like something he or she is not. 
No removing the knock knees. If he's knock kneed, exactly. he's knock kneed. Just don't and take the head, don't take a head on a shot. A, got a little eye. He's got a little eye. If he's got you know a bad croup, he's got a bad croup. I mean, those are things that I have to learn to try and hide as a shooter. But it doesn't. You know, I don't. I'm. I am personally against correcting them in Photoshop because you can't. Well, you know, from the point of view of you're using those photographs to um, sell, literally sell the animal's confirmation, it kind of makes good sense not to go down that slippery slope of, exactly. um, you know, don't repair things that should have been not in the picture to begin with because you learn to take a picture. If you don't have a horse with good straight legs, you shouldn't be taking front-end shots and, and straight-on shots to be selling him. So develop a relationship with your client, get shots that highlight what's good about the horse, and don't be uh, taking pictures that should be repaired and then creating a false impression at the, at the buyer's end is really what it boils exactly. down to. Exactly. Buyer beware. Yeah. There we go. Well, once again, incredibly useful information, and um, we appreciate you stopping by to give me that. Now, give everybody out um, your website address. My website is uh, www.treesmedia.com, and my Facebook page is Scott Trees Photography. So it's Scott Trees Photography, three separate words. Yes. For Facebook. I hate it when people make Facebook pages and they smoosh it all together like you would a URL. Yes, yeah. It's well, Facebook. As, as you don't need to do that. It's Facebook. It's Facebook, <laughs> yes. Yes, and I, I'm actually, I have, a, I just put a new page on Facebook, actually. I, I, I'm, I've... Uh, I have to admit, I've been a little slow hopping on the social media marketing bandwagon, and I oh, Scott, Scott, I had a Scott Tree Photography page, and but I started when I first kind of put my own profile up, and I didn't pay any attention to it, and I had a bunch of fans, and I hadn't posted a picture yet, and I thought, oh my God, this is terrible. So I got ready to do something, and then when Facebook made some changes a few months ago, I had to redo the page and you know kind of send out invitations, but oh, it's up, yeah. and I'm and I'm updating it now, and I'm putting neat different new pictures in there, so. Tell your viewers if you if they're interested. I, I promise I'm putting new photos and new videos and stuff up uh, on a weekly basis. We are willing to forgive you, Scott, because Thank you're an amazing you so photographer. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks again. All right. Bye bye. Well, there you go. To listen to all of Scott's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop-down menu on the left. All of our experts are right there, alphabetized and easy to find. You can also go to www.treesmedia.com. That's Scott's website. For more information about Scott's excellent seminars, go to equinephotographers.org and click on the events tab at the top of the page to find out what sort of things he's doing. We also have a link on the show notes page at horsetipdaily.com. Just look for episode 530. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover. You can subscribe to all of the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 